Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. Well, for years, at the top of our Christmas tree have been two homemade angels. And I wanted you to get an up-close and personal encounter with these angels. Here they are. Because they are priceless, at least to this mama's heart. Now, if you have kids, you're probably um, stocked up with similar kind of ornaments that you use from year to year. My sons made these when they were about five years old. But I'm here to declare that this is a new day in the music household because it is a new year for the music Christmas tree. Now, my sons may have to go to counseling over this decision, but we have a new topper, and I brought it in. Here it is. They will not feel that way, but I'm glad you do. It's a star, and here's why, for me, I want a star at the top of my Christmas tree. In the Christmas story, I see the star as a symbol of hope, hope. We can live without a lot of things, but we can't endure life very long without some sort of hope when it gets really hard. Hope that change really is possible. Hope that God is always at work in my life, even if I don't see it. Hope that if I keep looking up and moving forward, much like the wise men did on the first Christmas when they saw the star, that I will eventually find myself in the presence of Jesus. And that, my friend, is a place of truth and life and love and hope. Over the past 15 years, where I've gotten the gift of teaching during the Christmas series, I've taught More than once on Mary, I've taught on Joseph, Elizabeth, the angels, the wise men, the shepherd, and it hit me. I've never taught on the star, the star of Christmas. But I was reading this season, and I noticed this other presence that was very present in the Christmas story, and it's the star. And I saw how 2,000 years ago, God used a star in a very significant way to bring hope. Today, here's what I believe to my core. God wants to move in a way to restore hope for you, to give you hope maybe for the first time or to renew hope that's been lost. That is my prayer. And I'm not sure where you're needing hope this Christmas, but I am sure of this. You are not alone. Just this week, walking with my friend, I just felt hopelessness just knocking at the door in my life. Where do you need hope? You're not alone. Look around the room online. There is some place in your life, I guarantee you, the person sitting next to you, they need hope. Maybe it's hope for your marriage. Maybe it's hope that the darkness and weight of depression will lift. Maybe it's hope and freedom from addiction. 
hope for a child that is lost, a wound that is barren, a home that is empty, an illness that just won't leave. Hope that finances will come through to match the need, that the loneliness you're experiencing will be placed by a significant relationship. Hope for the pain of grief to somehow be intersected with some joy, something you haven't felt in a long time. I'm not sure where it is you need hope, but here's what I am sure of today. I am sure that Ephesians 1.18 is true. And that is, it says, I have been called to hope. And if God calls you to something, he equips you with something, and that is hope. So let's do this. Let's look at this section of scripture surrounding the Christmas star and see what it teaches us about hope. Turn to Matthew chapter 2, or you can go to lexcity.info, and all the notes and scriptures are there. <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 1. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the east lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and carefully search for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I may worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. When we read the Christmas story, and when you and I look at the significance of the star, I see several things that the Bible teaches us about hope. And here's my prayer, that somehow today, the Holy Spirit uses this story to break through with hope in your life. He's the only one that can do it, but I have faith I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in others. God can give you hope today where you wonder if there's any hope at all. So how about some lessons from the Christmas star that give us hope? How do I find hope this Christmas? Be alert to the fact that God's presence 
is always with you. It's really interesting. Um, I got to preach the very first message of 2021. And the first message I preached this year was this very point, that God's presence is always present. And in my final message this year, it comes back in the story of the Christmas star, that God's presence, it teaches us, is always with you, much like the stars. If you think about it, stars are always present. Now, some of you love to study the stars. I basically like can pick out the Big Dipper and I'm doing good. But here's what I know. I know that stars are always present. Even if you can't see them because of the weather or the daylight, the stars are always there. Of course, some nights you can see them so much clearer than others. And from some places, they shine brighter. I had an opportunity once to camp out literally under the stars in Utah, out in a remote area. And I remember saying to my husband, look at all the stars. They'd been there all along. I just wasn't in a place where I could see them like that. Like the stars that are sometimes visible and sometimes hidden, nevertheless, God is present. I love what Genesis says. When God says to you, and he's speaking it to someone today, I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go. Some of you are in a place you never thought you'd find yourself this Christmas. And guess who's there? God. Jesus, in his last words, which I think would be significant if there were some of his last words, in Matthew 28 says this, I am with you always to the very end of the age. God's presence is always with you, always. You may feel alone this Christmas. You aren't. You may be isolated You're not. You may think you are forgotten and you haven't been. When you feel those things, would you do this? Would you look up, find a star? Because the star of Christmas reminds us that God is with us. And if God is with us, hope is there too. How do I find hope this Christmas? Travel with others. It will help you reach your destination. You know what I'm glad about? I'm glad when you read the story that it's not just a wise man following the star, searching alone for the king of the Jews. But it was what? It was wise men. And actually, there were more than three of them. Like, that's all that fits in my nativity scene. I don't know about you. But actually, there was a group of wise men that would have traveled with an entourage. These wise men who were scholars and students of ancient scrolls and prophecy. They were astronomers. But they didn't 
operate alone. A question for you. Do you tend to operate alone? Like, do you have a propensity towards isolation? Especially when it's in search for hope because you're in the middle of a struggle or a challenge, a disappointment, or even really caught in sin. If I've learned anything in traveling in this life, and I've traveled longer than most of you in the room, that it is this. If I'm going to reach this destination of transformation, if I'm going to find the Holy Spirit working in my life, helping me to become more and more like his son, Jesus, then I need others in my life, especially in my life where there's a challenge. In my own experience with alcoholism, I did not let others into the struggle. Interestingly, when I was thinking about it, I admitted to myself I had a problem. I even admitted to God that I had a problem. But do you know when change started to happen? It was when I admitted to others, when I brought people into the circle of the struggle that change began to happen. And I remember being at a 12-step program 25 years ago Listening to these steps of transformation, steps of recovery over and over and over. And it hit me. The first word is we of the first step. It's not I that I admitted. I had to get with the collective group of people, we, to discover the power of hope in my own recovery. Every first Thursday in our church, we have a worship gathering here at our church. And a part of that worship gathering on that first Thursday is coming together to infuse people with hope, healing, and recovery. Hope. And one way that we do it is we have open sharing. You mean you want me to share in front of other people? Yes. Do you know why? Because we believe that hope is unleashed, and we put this acrostic on the screen, through hearing other people's experience. And it happens. We are the body of Christ. And even in our hopelessness, and maybe more so in our hopelessness, we are meant to come together in the collective we so that God can break through with hope. So where are you traveling? And are you traveling alone? Don't do it. You heard Pastor Ryan last week talk about the power of groups and connection in our life. Do you know we have a prayer team every week down here at the front after the service is over so that you don't have to be alone even in your prayers to pray for you. We have elders who want to come alongside of you and shepherd you out of hopelessness into hearing a word of hope. Hope is found when we don't travel through this life alone. Who do you have traveling with you? How do I find hope at Christmas? I look for the bigger story. I see this in the Christmas star, in the Christmas story. 
You see, this Christmas star wasn't just some random star. It was a star that was a part of a bigger story. In Matthew, we read earlier that Herod gathers together kind of privately um, his own priests and, and leaders of the law. And he's saying, okay, so where's the Messiah supposed to be born? And I kind of imagine that they look at each other and it's like, should we really tell him what we know? And here's what they say. Let me take you back to the scripture. Verse five, they respond. In Bethlehem in Judea, they say, for this is what the prophet wrote. And I kind of think at that moment, everything got quiet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. And here's why it got quiet. You see, when the priests and the law leaders spoke, they weren't speaking their own best ideas. They were actually quoting the prophet Micah. They were quoting scripture that was recorded and spoken to the prophet Micah 700 years before. In other words, they were saying, Herod, I know you're king, but there's another king, and there's a bigger story going on here that we need to pay attention to. A bigger story. You see, the Bible is full of the bigger story of messianic prophecies. Mathematician Peter Stoner counted the probability of one person, one person fulfilling just a small number of these messianic prophecies. He concluded the chance of a single man fulfilling just 48 of the prophecies in the Old Testament would be one in 10 times 157. That's that is uh, 157, one followed by 157 zeros. But do you know how many prophecies Jesus actually fulfilled? 324. And that gives me hope. That that God is that big and always has a bigger story in my life when I'm facing hopelessness. You see, when God is at work, there's a bigger story. But seeing it often takes time. It took 700 years for Micah's prophecy to be fulfilled. And some of you feel like it's been 700 years in your life. Believe me, when I was in the middle of my years of struggling with infertility and then losing two adoptions that fell through, I did not see the bigger story. And do you know what I felt? Hopelessness. When you forget there's a bigger story, hopelessness shows up. But in time, and there's the clincher, isn't it? In time, something you and I don't have control over. In time, God shows up, and he did for us, giving us the gift of three amazing adopted kids. But some of you 
are in the middle of time. Some of you this Christmas season are in the middle of grief because you lost someone you love this year. Or maybe it's been 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Grief doesn't seem to honor time. And there's a bigger story, but it's hard to see it. A friend sent me a quote from a mother who lost her daughter, and she wrote this. For our family, this is not a Merry Christmas, and that's okay. It's not a sin for us to not feel Merry. It's not a sin to not feel like celebrating the holiday. The absence of merriness is not a reflection of the absence of faith. Oh, no. The reality is we have never celebrated the arrival and the provision of our precious Savior more. We boldly proclaim that he is our only redeemer. He is our only sustainer. He is our only deliverer. He is our only comforter and he is our only hope. And here's what this mother had discovered that there's a difference between hoping for and hoping in. Between hoping for and hoping in. Look what Psalm 33 says. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, as we put our hope in you. You see, when we're hoping for something, we are putting our hope in a potential outcome. I'm going to tell you something. That's vulnerable ground. That has been for me. But when we put our hope in someone, God, he never disappoints. And I wonder for you and for me where our hope is. You see, the power is in the preposition this Christmas. Are you hoping for Or are you hoping in? Hope in a hope that does not disappoint. Hope in the fact that he is your sustainer. He is your provider. He is your only hope. There's a bigger story. Look up and find a star. Let it remind you this Christmas that God is at work in a bigger story. Now let me introduce this last lesson by going back to the text and reading several verses at the very end, starting in verse nine. After this interview, the wise men went their way. The star they had seen in the east guided them now to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How do I find hope this Christmas? Don't stop in Jerusalem. Keep moving forward one step at a time. You see, the wise men first went to Jerusalem, but they didn't stop their search in Jerusalem where they first thought Jesus would be. 
they kept moving forward until they found him. When they got to Jerusalem and Jesus wasn't there, you know what the wise men did? They didn't quit. They kept moving forward. Friend, you've got to keep moving forward. Just one step at a time this Christmas. God is at work in your story. He has a plan for your life. God used a star to guide those searching for hope and for the savior of the world. Are you searching for him today? He is to be found. You don't have to search anymore. You can open the door of your heart. Invite him in to be Lord and leader of your life. Maybe hopelessness has gotten you off course. God today is saying, get on course. One step at a time, don't stop short. Keep seeking, keep moving. Because I am to be found. You will find me. I am at work in your life. I know you. I see you. Keep trusting me. Keep looking up. Keep moving forward because I am with you. Do you know that Jesus himself, in the very end of the story, Revelation 22, he says, I am the bright and morning star. Look to me. If you need hope today, you look to Jesus. If you need hope this Christmas, friend, look up. God has a star for you to remind you there is nothing that happens in your life that he's not aware of. There is no pain. There is no challenge. There's no stronghold he can't break. There's no illness he can't heal. He has a word of hope for you. And so, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy this Christmas as you look up. And peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Where is it that God wants to break through with light and give you hope today? Use these few moments just to listen in. What might he be saying to you just in the silence? just to you from what you've heard. You listen. God, today, we choose to put our hope in you where it is secure, it is known, and it is provided for. God, I pray today where hopelessness has gotten people off course or someone in the room has been prone to isolation 
and it's given way to such hopelessness that they could ever walk in freedom or joy again, would you give them courage to step forward? I pray for hope today for someone who can feel you knocking at the door of their heart, that they would open it up and let hope come in for eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and for being our hope that one day we will see you face to face. In Jesus' name I pray and for his glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church/give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.